Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Students for Better Future Radio. I'm your host, Doreen Finkel, with Ruben Torres and Luther Mays, and we are live. I want to raise an issue that I think has been lurking out there for two or three weeks and cast it specifically in national security terms. You already are the oldest president in history, and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with Mr. Mr. Uh, Mondale. Um, I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba Missile Crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all. Mr. Truett, and I, and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs> I love that tape, folks. Uh, and, you know, yeah. I wish Reagan was was back today. Um, but Luther and um, Ruben, how, how are you doing? You ready for another great show? Um, yeah, but we're doing, I'm doing well. Um, okay. Uh, I think we're getting a little static in Luther's line, so we'll just have to work with it a little bit. Um, but anyhow, folks, we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, again, I want to mention that the show is sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforabetterfuture.com. And we bring these shows to you uh, weekly. If you can go there and make a donation, that would be awesome. Again, it's studentsforabetterfuture.com. Um, and, Luther, I want to just adjust your mic. Can you hear me now, Luther? Yeah, I can hear you real well. Okay. Can you um, hear- I, uh, yes, we can. And that sounds a lot better. Um, you know, sometimes when there's a storm in, involved, we get the static. But anyhow, folks, we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, we're following the election like everybody else. And um, and by the way, I just want to mention, uh, if you ha- have a student or are a student between the ages of 18 and 25, please visit our website and check out the internships and some of the great things that we're doing on there. Um, again, that's studentsforabetterfuture.com. And tonight we are actually going to be talking about the economic policies of um, under Donald Trump and a um, uh, Hillary Clinton presidency. Um, and actually, before we get into that and bring on our guest, uh, Ruben. Yes. Can you hear me, Ruben? I can hear you uh, loud and clear. Okay. So uh, since we were on since Tuesday... Um, have you noticed a change in the polls? I have. I have. Um, I spoke to a couple of my Tea Party friends in, 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 in the state of Florida and also in North Carolina, and it appears that more of the Trump supporters are coming out for early, early voting, which is kind of a surprise because Traditionally, the Democrats love early voting because they get they get a 
an advantage. But I think this is going to be different. I I I I, I was looking at the electoral uh, count and, and and how it's broken down, and and I think if McMullen, even McMullen wins the state of Utah, and Gary Johnson and uh, Jill Stein from the Green Party and the Libertarian, that could sway the elections where Congress would have to get involved because none of the two candidates would get to the uh, magic number of 274. Uh, okay, so uh, let, let's stop right there because uh, you mentioned the people supporting Donald Trump coming out, and we did see the headlines about um, the rising cost of health care, the, the premiums in health care. And I'm wondering if a lot of people are concerned about that, that that's why they might be changing the vote a little bit, uh, or, or at least so- coming out to vote for. Donald Trump. Well, I think, I think, I think just besides the healthcare costs, you know, there's other factors. I mean, the uh, the whole uh, economic situation, you know, one percent growth over the past uh, eight years, um, um, the whole instability in regards to the whole, uh, not just the economy in itself, but of the overall uh, pessimistic views that, that most Americans have over the direction of the uh, of, of the country, I think that's another factor that why and, and, and illegal illegal immigration and and, and uh, the Muslim um, migration. So it's a combination of more than just one 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 particular subject or topic. Right, and uh, I want to bring on our guest tonight, uh, who's very experienced. Um, he's also uh, the president of studentsforbetterfuture.com, uh, but he's also actively engaged with another group called the Fair Tax, and he understands the taxes and the economic system. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show Dave Corsi. Dave, can you hear me? I sure can, Doreen. How are you? Great. Um, so let's Good. start with you, okay, Dave, because um, I saw the headlines on the health care, okay, and right. and can you give us your your um, your uh, opinion on that? Okay. Um, it really should be no surprise to anyone who understands basic economics that the health care plan was going to be unaffordable for the majority of people, and that it was going to fall under its own weight. I'm actually starting to believe that they knew that all along. Because, again, uh, we tend to disagree with them politically, but they're not really dumb people. They just want to control things. And I think they knew full well it would fail. But then what would be the easy scapegoat? The insurance companies. In other words, said we gave them an opportunity to produce affordable health care, they failed in their ability because all they're worried about is corporate profits. That will be the line. Therefore, we need a single-payer health care system. Meanwhile, let, let's just take senior citizens. If you have in this country approximately 55 million senior citizens, does anybody know how many claims Medicare processes a day? Uh, no, I don't. How many? Ooh. Ruben, Luther? Probably 150. Yeah, 1.4 million. Okay, you wow. have to play that out for a full year. You're looking at 1.3 billion claims. 
for yeah. 55 million seniors. We won't even take the whole scope of health care. We'll just work with that. Now, that means every person has like 10 to 15 claims per year filed for them under that plan. Let's extrapolate that and say you live in a town where there are 10,000 houses and everybody gets hey. uh, fire insurance to protect their house. Insurance was meant to cover a catastrophic event, a rare event. Now, if the 10,000 houses had 30,000 claims this year for their fire, for a fire claim, could the people there afford insurance? No. It's, it's mathematically impossible, right? Yeah, well, no. same thing with health care. How can you have more claims than people paying in and then claim that you're going to be able to make it affordable? And especially when it's third party. I, I talk to people all the time, and I'll say to them, well, what did that procedure cost you? Oh, I don't know. My insurance company paid the bill. So it's very easy when you don't have to pay the bill that you're not even aware of what the amount is, which means all kinds of discipline and price, um, di price discipline disappears. And that's what's happening with health care. So ultimately, the plan had to fail. And instead of putting it to where the blame should be, which is the politicians who allowed that stupid plan to come up with. And by the way, the, the quality of the health care will go down. We're all hearing more and more that people are losing their health coverage or can't even afford it. I've had some family members who were on Obamacare who had, the, had to drop their policy because they couldn't afford it on the renewal. So the bottom line is, yeah, it, it was destined for failure from the word go. Uh, so uh, let's go to Trump and, and look at his plan. Um, okay. Does his plan encourage uh, – okay, I notice he has a repeal and replace, but what what was he going to replace it with? Is he going to replace it with buying insurance across state lines? Um. I'll be honest. I personally am not aware of his plan. I know um, Hillary's talked about expanding it, which, again, and the other thing to think about is the model that Obama, Hillary, and the whole gang used was Medicare. Medicare is bankrupt. The only thing going keeping Medicare alive is the fact that the federal government uh, can keep printing dollar bills. Right. You know, monopoly money. Otherwise, that plan would have had to file bankruptcy years ago. Same with Social Security. Because they've borrowed well, all the funds that should be in Social Security have been borrowed out, and there's nothing there. Maybe one of you other gentlemen know, you know, more about the Trump plan. Yeah, I've been I, I've been reading up on the Trump plan, and the Trump plan actually does. Uh, he he is for portability, where you can go from state to state across the state line. If that answers that question. Uh, well, can I say that in the state of Michigan? In the state of Michigan, the, the insurance is just outrageous. If you go across state lines for insurance, then it makes it more competitive. But in Michigan, we're just getting eight alive in insurance. It's unbelievable. I just got house insurance. Yeah. Well, let me insurance ask you, rental. Luther, are you allowed to go across state lines in Michigan right now? I don't think you know? so. Okay. I don't think New, so. New Jersey is what is known as a captive state, meaning we are not allowed to. I'm self-employed. Right. So I well, was reined in by I could only buy a policy that was in New Jersey, and I'm most a, states allow you to go across state lines, uh, not even before one. and after Obama. But a lot of 
some states don't, and it sounds like unfortunately no, Michigan's no. in the same boat as we are. I believe so. Yeah, because why wouldn't people be getting out of state insurance? I see it on the on the internet and stuff, but I don't hear nobody talking about it because right. in the state of Michigan, it's no fault insurance and, and for the cars, and you have to go with insurance in the state, which I think is wrong because I actually been thinking about that. Well, why couldn't I go to Ohio and get insurance? Well, because we're not allowed to. Great. Okay, great then, you're, then you are also a captive state, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I have a question. I have a question for David. David. Please state. I yes. call it. Go ahead, Ruben. Um, in regards to Obamacare, you say that, that Obamacare was actually written by the insurance companies, one. Number two, if it was written by, by the insurance company. Why are major insurance companies like Humane and United Healthcare uh, leaving Obamacare? Okay. I mean, what 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 is the cost? Okay, the yeah, that, that's, of- uh, those are good questions. Basically, what happened was there were guys from the insurance industry who were in on the table, and they were sold a bill of goods by the government, and they also knew they're not dumb. They also knew that the government can reward and punish them. So, you know, it's like anything. Once you give the power to the government, they never take it away, and they control you. They, they in effect, were part of crony capitalism. Not true free right. market capitalism, but crony capitalism. Now they're backing out because the numbers are so horrendous. Now, which leads me again to what I was talking about before. My thinking is, were these executives just so intimidated by the government that they went along knowing full well the whole plan was stupid and wouldn't work, or were they so seduced by the, the 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 promises without really taking a hard, honest look and saying the numbers can't work? And I think it's a little bit of both, but I think mostly they just went along to get along. You know, again, most people in this country think a lot of big businesses are free market capitalist types, and that is very rarely the truth. It's rarer for there to be a true free market company, especially a large one, than there is a company that's involved in crony capitalism because they think their bread is buttered by working with the government. And the government with the tax code can reward and punish. That's one reason I'm a big proponent of the fair tax because you're taking that component away from the government where they can no longer reward or punish you. And when Bill Clinton was president, he made a point of saying when he claimed there was a surplus, which there wasn't, but that's another story, that uh, when people asked him, well, will you give the money back? He said, well, I'd like to, but we don't know if you would spend it the right way. Now, think about how (laughs) that statement, and again, the Republicans were so brain dead that they never used that in a campaign commercial. That would I would have run that nonstop saying, this is what President Clinton thinks of you, that you're too stupid to handle your own money, so Bill will take care of that for you. Yeah. Amen. So we see how good he is at it with the Clinton Foundation, where he gets free money in from people, and they, they still couldn't balance their books. So what happens to the insurance companies let's say, under the Hillary plan, what, what will happen to them in the long run? Well, eventually the Hillary plan is just to continue and make some changes to Obamacare. Eventually the plan is for them to fade away and to turn into one big socialist single-payer plan. You remember so that, there will be no insurance companies. had all those companies. regions back in the early 90s in her plan, and that's what she's still looking to do. Right. Uh, so all those people will lose their jobs then who work for oh, that yeah. insurance company. 
Oh, well, yeah, or they'll, they'll become um, cronies for the government where they'll be supposedly working under the government plan. But they think about it, millions of people have lost their jobs because of the current, I mean, in Obamacare. How many people, you know, when they do all these labor statistics about how unemployment's going down, one of the things that they don't really discuss is how many people are not working full-time or working two or three part-time jobs now because their employers have cut down their hours. You know, that again, the media really doesn't they, But the employment doesn't take, take those people into, into account when they um – when they well, come up with the numbers for, for well, unemployment. Yeah. First off, uh, I don't know if you folks are aware, but do you know how they come up with the unemployment number? Yes. No, uh, go ahead. Okay. Tell us. Okay. They poll every month. Uh, the Labor Department will poll 60,000 American families. And I'll ask them, call them up, and I'm, I'm serious. They call and ask, are you working? Are you looking for work? And then that's what they factor it in on. So then they make uh, an educated guess what the unemployment rate is. That's why you're always seeing them do these adjustments up and down because the whole thing is fraudulent. Um, And it's been this way for years. It just hasn't been under the Democrats. Republicans pulled the same nonsense. And you're thinking, well, why would you do that? Why don't you just look at the number of unemployment checks that are issued by all the states? But I don't think they want to do that. The other part of it is, why um, Why are all these people having to get part-time jobs? Uh, one reason is if you're going to keep raising the minimum wage, a small employer who might have hired two young people at, say, seven fifty an hour is now being told that he may have to pay uh, under Clinton. She's talking about a $15 an hour minimum wage. Trump's talking about a $10 minimum wage. But let's use the $15. If you're going to hire, can only you have $15 you have to spend, you're going to say, the heck with that. I'm only going to hire one of those young people. So now that young, the other young person is not able to get a job, is not learning the discipline of going to work, learning to deal with people, and learning to earn his own money. And that is a big loss to the country as a whole. And that, well, that's what happens with the government. They take that incentive away from young people. Ruben first. Yeah, go ahead, Ruben. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you Doreen and Luther. Uh, one of the questions that I have for you um, is when it comes down to this, this $15 minimum wage, isn't the reason that the government is pushing that is because they want to collect more taxes from these individuals. If they really wanted to be fair and they want to really help these individuals, they would basically reduce some of the taxes that these individuals that are, that are paying, that are making uh, $8 an hour, $10 an hour, they're getting taxed. So they're not taking any money home. So isn't the reason that they want to increase it is because the government wants more money? Uh, part of it, yeah, and they, they've kind of dug themselves a hole because what do they keep talking about? Oh, these tax cuts, and Republicans stupidly go along with the words tax cut. There's no such thing as a tax cut. There is what they, we call a reduction in the tax rate, and there's a world of difference between the two. When you, people hear the word tax cut, the average person, they say, oh, again, they're just cutting the taxes for those rich people. Whereas a reduction in the tax rate means those so-called rich people and everybody else, instead of trying to hide money in all these uh, tax avoidance schemes, sit there and say, the heck with it, the tax rate is low enough, I'll just pay the tax. 
and the revenues have always increased. For instance, you've probably heard Obama at Nauseam talk about the Bush tax cuts made the revenues go down. It's a total lie. I mean, you can look it up right in the Treasury Department's figures every year, and if anybody would take the time to look at it and go, the guy's lying. That, that, it didn't happen. The revenues went up. Same thing happened under Ronald Reagan. Same thing happened under John Kennedy. Tax rate, when you reduce it, again, you could reduce it to zero, and yes, then your amount of taxes you collect would be zero. But a reasonable equilibrium, if you had, let's use the income tax, because that's what we're stuck with. But if you had, let's say, even a flat tax of 15%, people are not going to sit there because they know the expense of running all these shelters and all this other nonsense aren't going to do that. For instance, if you go to the Clinton Foundation website, you'll see them proudly proclaiming that uh, a contribution to them is tax-exempt. Now, on one hand, as when they're talking as politicians, they're talking about they're trying to keep people from having these write-offs. But then on the other hand, they want people to use them when it's going to benefit the Clinton Foundation. So we, we speak um, from both sides yeah. of the mouth here. Um, Luther, did you want to ask something? Go ahead. Well, what I noticed through the years when they say there's a 10% unemployment, um, I've always I've always known <laughs> to times that by two. When they say it's 10, it's 20. Um, <laughs> the way the way they the liberals the, the way they debate the liberals, if you notice how they they go about it, <laughs> anything they say reverse psychology. Anything they say they're going to do the exact opposite. Sure. Well, they, that's it. If you can't beat, that's where Trump's weak, and that scares me because the Clintons are such great debaters. Well, and they're clever. And the, I don't the, know if the, I'd call the, them great, but the Republicans. No, they're not so, great, but they're smart strategists. Yeah, well, yeah, but you got to realize Republicans. You have to realize Republicans stink at it. They're terrible at it. They make the Democrats right. look good at it. They are just so you bad did. at it. For instance, what I just said about tax cuts. You'll hear Republicans use the word. You'll hear Trump use the word tax cut. So, again, they're reinforcing to the average person sitting home who's not really into politics that it sounds, again, like they're just giving more money away to the rich. The top 1% of people in this country in 2014 and 2015 paid 50% of the income tax. So how, how is it that the Republicans do not point that out? They should every day say, well, you guys keep talking about the rich, who incidentally are the Warren Buffetts, the Bill Gates, all those Democrats. Most of them are Democrats, by the way, not Republicans, those super rich people. Now, they're paying 50 percent of all the income tax collected. So how are you saying that they're not paying their fair share where 1 percent is paying 50 percent of the total amount? Republicans don't do that. They let them use the word tax cut. They they get accused all the time. For instance, a Republican, I've watched people interview them and say, how can a pro-choice, be there be a pro-choice Republican be in the same party as the pro, um, pro-life pro candidate? Yeah. Have you ever heard them ask how Jesse Jackson and Robert Byrd can be in the same Democrat party? And the first thing Republicans yeah. should say is, I'll answer that when you tell me how Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, and Robert Byrd are in the same party, or Bull Connor, or George Wallace. You want to yeah. play that game? Let's go. Um, yeah, uh, okay, Dave, I just want to um, interject here. Uh, first, I just want to tell our callers, the call-in number is 646-915-8117. Press 1 to speak to the host. Um, also, um, to remind you to um, 
check out our website, studentsforbetterfuture.com. That's studentsforbetterfuture.com. Um, and then, Dave, I want to ask you, um, because Hillary Clinton has been talking about free education for those who make 125000 or or less. Right. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Okay. So how is she yeah. going to pay for that? Um, well, will. the plan is simple. The plan first calls for right now it would be for families earning eighty five thousand or less, and now that'll go up to go up to another ten thousand per year in two thousand twenty one, and that leads directly to the hundred twenty five thousand that you were talking about. How how is she going to pay? Well, that would again the rich people will continue to pay. Or, uh, in her mind, the rich people continue to pay, and then she she says she can do it by refinancing the current student debt which is pretty humorous because the student debt right now is a government program, Sally May, most of it. If you remember, the government commandeered all the, um, all the student loans. Now, here, here's the interesting thing. Fellas, right now, what, what interest rate can you borrow money at if you went to your bank? Who, may? What, inter- what interest rate? Yeah. Roughly, yeah, what, roughly, what would you be paying? If you went to your bank and said, I want to borrow money for a car loan or what have you. Well, well, basically, right now, for a car loan or for a house, uh, you, you could probably uh, 2%, 3%. Okay, 2 or 3%. What is the government charging these kids on their Sally May loans? Um, yeah, that uh, I don't know. Okay, 6 to 8%. Nothing. So the first question Ooh. you should be asking Hillary Clinton and Chuck Schumer is, how come you're ripping off the kids? They could go in the private free market and borrow at 2%, but once you guys took it over, you upped them to 6 or 8%. Explain yourself. Right. Well, Dave, I totally agree with you that the Republicans tend not to do what you, what you just outlined that they should be doing. I think right. Donald Trump has been the one of the only ones that uh, individuals that has come close to actually attacking, and I and I and I have a reason. I think I I, I can explain that, and is that basically a lot of these individuals are really not true conservative Republicans. They're basically rhinos, or really class liberals. Right. That well, go along. Yeah, I'll be on Dorinos. I'm not big on labels like conservative and liberal because first off, I hate the term conservative. I despise right. it. Because none of us are truly conservative. We are truly liberals. We believe in individual freedom and liberty, which is what the liberals did. Again, the the so-called liberal Republican of yesteryear allowed the Democrats to turn it around and started during FDR, where suddenly the liberal was the guy in the big government who allegedly wanted to help the little guy in freedom and liberty as long as he could tell them what to do. And Republicans allowed it. Let me, let me ask you, Luther, for instance, if I, okay. if I was liberal in my praise to you, that sounds nice, right? I'm being generous. Okay, yeah. I am liberal in helping people. It sounds right. good. I'm open. If, when right. people hear the word conservative, what do they picture? Years ago, in the early 1900s, the New York Magazine ran a picture of the so-called conservative. It was a bunch of guys sitting there like in tuxedos around the country club talking about how much money they're making and how they have to pay these little people these ridiculous wages. And to this day, 
That image is seared in the mind of so many people. And the Republicans, again, have allowed that to happen. The Republicans were the party that freed the slaves, that always had an equal rights platform for blacks and for every other group in their platform. The Democrats were the ones who filibustered it, including Lyndon Baines Johnson and John F. Kennedy in 1958. And then all of a sudden they turned around when they realized they could try to gain more from the black vote than they could from the redneck southern bigot. That's when they changed to all of a sudden they were the party of the um, equal rights. And the Republicans just sat there like a bunch of fools, like deer in the headlights. They they just they stink at it and they've stunk at it for decades. Well, they've done it to themselves. Go ahead, Luther. Let's talk about campaigning. Yeah, I want to say something about campaigning. You got Hillary saying, oh, I'm going to give free college educations. If I was Trump, my rebuttal of that would be, you're going to give them a free edu- college education, but you're shipping the jobs on there. Where are they going to go? To Bangladesh to wait, get a wait, job? Wait. You could make it even better than that. What you could say is, Trump, if I was Trump, I'd say, I want to con- commend what Hillary's talking about, and I also want to commend all those professors and administrators and all those other employees who work at the college for Green to work for no salary so the college can be free for our young people. Also, my hat is off to the utility companies, all the suppliers of goods and services, and the companies like Microsoft and Apple who are not going to take one cent to ensure that our young people are educated. I commend them all, and especially those professors who have agreed to work for nothing. Um, Dave, now let me ask you about, suppose you're – your income is two hundred and fifty thousand. Right. Okay. And you have kids, and you want to put yeah. your own kids through college. Okay. Well, you pay. You well, uh, pay. You pay. Yeah. And we will pay for. And right, we will pay. But then will we no. have to give anything for right. those who who yeah, um, will. You'll end up In all seriousness, you will be subsidizing all the other kids. Now, here, here's something right. for you. Okay. Part- so what? So what? What? What is? Trump, what, Trump, what is Trump's it? Plan is, well, bottom line, what's it, it going to do? Bottom line, when there ain't no jobs, you give these people. You got college people that are educated right, right. all okay, over this well, country that can't get a job right now. So, what, what, that's a big game yeah, they're playing. Right. There. But, a big, a big part of the reason we keep losing jobs goes back to our tax code. If we keep continuing with the stupidity of our tax code, we are literally destroying ourselves. That because is we're losing our tax base. The number one issue in the country. Um, let me just mention Trump's plan is more for the colleges to start taking their endowments that they're sitting on. For instance, Harvard has over $35 billion sitting in their endowment and tell them to start using that money to lower tuition. Because if you That's ever right. saw how Harvard's um, – do you know how Harvard and Yale and Princeton and all those con- uh, colleges set their annual tuition? They look at what everybody else is doing saying, well, if Princeton's getting 50 – we're Yale, so we're worth 53. So Harvard looks at this as if they're worth 53, we're worth 58. There is no yeah. business criteria used. They don't even look at that because they know there's enough people in this country who are suckers who will send their kids to those schools and be ripped off royally. That's right. Uh, so there's no benefit. overrated for most people. Yeah, That's Dave, right. hold on. There's no um yeah. so those families in that bracket who perhaps make um say a hundred and fifty thousand to four hundred thousand, you know, right. I mean and they got kids and their kids pay their own way, I mean, those families are struggling too. 
So why yeah, should well, they me, have to, to well, find let, let me ask you something. Else? And let, let me ask you this. Suppose, sure. suppose one of their kids do, doesn't want to go to college. Why should they subsidize somebody else's college? Well, that's the way, that's what we've created. That's what we've created. But let me uh-huh. ask you this. When, uh-huh. Think about this. When you hear Hillary always, and the, mostly the Democrats, some Republicans do too, but they're always going after the so-called rich. The first thing the Republicans should say to them is, okay, I want you to define rich for me. Define it. Give us the number. Now, is the person rich in Mississippi who makes $200,000 a year, is he rich? How about the guy in Manhattan who lives in Manhattan and makes $200,000 a year and has two kids, as Doreen's talking about, in college? Is he living the high life? You know, they don't. They don't compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. And, again, Republicans let them get away with it. For instance, Warren Buffett, if Warren Buffett doesn't take a salary this year, in theory, he could apply for food stamps. Now, um, define rich. The guy's sitting on $40 billion, but according to the government statistics, he could be defined as uh, poor this year. Also, when they figure out, you know how they figure the hungry in America? If you make below a certain income, they're assuming you're hungry. So you could be a farmer living on a farm, show very little income, and they still have you classified as hungry. Ruben, did you want to get in? Nonsense you can do with stats. Well, I I wanted to touch on on an essay in regards to the the current uh, bubbles that are just waiting to pop in the market. Okay. And, and and hear from you on if you agree that the automobile uh, car loan is another example of what happened with the housing bubble in, in 20, uh, 20, uh, 2008, just yeah. waiting to pop. Good. Yeah, good question. Um, yes, if and uh, it's funny you mentioned autos because before the housing bubble in 2008, it was preceded by the car loans going into massive default back then. Everybody forgot about that. If you recall, back then, car companies, what were they doing? They would have all those special incentives, 0% financing and things like that. And then you'd see the commercial hurry because this offer will end on uh, August 31st. And what happened on the, week, the weeks after the incentive ended? The car sales dropped like a rock. So... What did the insurance? What did the auto companies do at that point? Uh, uh, yeah. Anybody uh, remember? Well, what the auto uh, companies are doing is giving loans to anybody, and they're going to collapse these loans. They're going to yeah, collapse like right. the banks. Well, they, the banks are giving what, money to everybody. But if right. in '98 there was somebody I was. Go ahead. I'll let you go. Then I'll say. What they did was they reinstituted the car incentive again because their sales sales dropped like a rock. So they were taking five people who were not going to buy for another year, but because the deals were so good, they moved up their spending and they bought this year. The problem with that is now who's going to buy the following year? And that is the same. It was a precursor to the housing. And it's funny you mention housing because that's my business. I buy and purchase homes, rehab them, and we sell them. And we were watching in 2007, I used to teach real estate finance classes, and I was explaining in my classes that the market was going to about to take a hit. And afterward, well, people who, said, well, how did, how did you know that? Um, and I, yeah. I said, it was very okay. easy. It didn't take a genius. If you understand finance and economics, um, it's like being on a Titanic watching yourself head towards the iceberg. 
Well, who was right, the no, lady that wrote this? And you are right. I'm about to do it again. Very are you taking callers? Are you uh, taking callers? Uh, would you like to ask a question, sir? Yeah, I'd like to join in the conversation. Uh, okay. Because okay. Uh, uh, the guy who was talking, he was talking about financing of cars and what do the cars do at a particular time. I thought they issued rebates in order to um, revitalize the auto industry. You're right. right. Yes, yes, they, they did. did. That, was that was part, part of the incentives. incentives. Okay. And part of your description page is to talk about Hillary and Trump and immigration, et cetera, et cetera. So... Um, have you guys done that, or are you waiting for callers to come in and um, offer opinions? Uh, you can offer opinions. You can offer your opinions. Okay. Yeah, definitely well, have to hear it. All right, I'm neither a Trump nor a Hillary fan, but I'm surely against immigration. I don't like the, um, I think it's the HB1 visas. I don't like legal immigrants over here. I don't like illegal immigrants over here. And I think that the argument... Uh, with regards to low-paying jobs that the immigrants have, saying that Americans can't or won't take those jobs, um, I think that's full of crap. Um, this is 94 million people who, who um, officially are not even looking for a job. I would think that when push comes to shove, if those jobs are available, they'll, they'll do it. They may not like doing it, but what I also don't like is the fact that people say that Americans should always work for a reasonable wage and the minimum wage should be $15 an hour. But then they criticize Americans for not wanting a $5 an hour job, which an immigrant gets. So there's a little bit of 1984 involved in that. Uh, 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 sir, absolutely. Okay, okay. The, point, the point you just made about the immigrants now, the reason why the politicians use that is because they don't want the American to take that job because they control them by telling them, okay, you stay home, we'll continue to give you your benefits, now remember to vote for me. Right. So they're getting the best of both worlds. Absolutely. I mean, the agencies that are out here which um, <laughs> which are keeping the poor, undereducated Americans on the, um, on the American teat, um, that's that's not for them. That's to make the politicians look good. So when they send out the newsletters and they say, "Well, I spent five hundred thousand dollars on this particular uh, program," people say, "Oh, what a wonderful politician!" But they never really follow up. The uh, voters, that is, they don't follow up to find out if that five hundred thousand dollars was wisely allocated. I'd like to know Absolutely what. Absolutely right. Yeah, I'd like to know what happened to the what is it. The fifteen trillion dollars the Pentagon lost over the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah. no, no, crony capitalism international. Yeah. yeah. No, we want to play the world's policeman, and you know, you know we can pay bribes for that. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. How else are you going to keep? Um, uh, what's his name? Cause the uh, the president or whatever his title is of uh, of Iraq to keep him. To keep him in um, in place and to keep him at the top of the uh, so-called uh, hierarchy over there, uh, without making him a puppet, without using him to keep his insurgents—and I love that word—insurgents. Well, they're really freedom fighters. To keep his insurgents down, they have to spend the money. They have to lose it. They have to blame it on somebody. If it weren't for the Inspector General, <laughs> you know. We we would all think that everything is nice and hunky dory and um yeah, with, with government. 
<laughs> right. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Okay, I'm actually getting an echo in the line. So, um, okay, we have to figure out where that is. Doreen, do you uh, hear a heavy echo on your end when you speak? There is an echo there tonight. Too, a huge Doreen. echo. Huge. I had to go outside and it still didn't work. It wasn't my phone. Right. Well, I I, I only heard it when Doreen was speaking. Right. Uh, no, uh, um, sometimes when you get a call, um, you know, some of our guests, it's blog talk radio. Um, okay. You know, it could be an in, in a dictionary, but, um, and I figured out the line who it is. So, okay. um, but anyhow. I'm myself here, Doreen. Sounded like a Tom Carvel commercial for Cookie Puss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Ruben, so you're up. Are you still with us, Ruben? Yeah, I'm still here. Um in regards to what the gentleman said about uh, illegal immigration, of course, you know we need we need to uh, secure the borders. We also need, and people forget this, that 40 percent of illegal entry into the United States. Go ahead, Dave. You want to take that one? I didn't hear. I just heard 40 percent, and then he cut out. Uh, okay, he's well, talking about immigration. Right. What okay, and basically wants to wants to know what the um, plan is um, for. Um, Could I, I Ruben, got are you back with us? Okay. Yeah, I got yeah. Ask the question again. Okay, so basically, uh, as, as I was as I was indicating that forty percent of illegal immigrants in this country are basically individuals that come here with a visa and Okay, he's um the folks there's a terrible storm out there, okay. Basically what Ruben wants to know is um that uh what is Trump's policies on immigration. Um and you know right now we have the illegals coming in from um uh Mexico, the undocumented uh, Ruben, are you back with us? Yeah, I'm not sure. This is the okay. first time that I've been disconnected twice. Um, yeah, go ahead. So as I was go saying, ahead. 40%, 40% of the individuals that are here illegally are individuals that come here and overstate their visa. So at this point, at this point, the individuals, we need to develop and have a better tracking system. When they get here, they should be tracked from the day, day they come in until the day that they're supposed to leave, and that's not happening. So, yes, the securing of the border is very important, but you, we cannot forget the individuals that are coming here by, you know, air. Instead of crossing the border, gun immigration and a lot of people. For instance, uh I don't necessarily blame most illegals who come here because it's the it's not their fault. A lot of them came here to better themselves. It was our fault, our government for failing to do their job, which in the constitution was to maintain and control the borders. So if a guy comes here to better his life and we didn't do our job by controlling that border, how can I fault him? And you're absolutely right. It was up to the government. That the government, the things the government is under law to 
do in the Constitution, they don't do, if you notice. But everything that's not in the Constitution, because the Constitution limits the few things that they're supposed to do, then they want to jump in both hands and feet and tell everybody what to do. And again, until we get control of our borders, we don't even have an immigration policy. Because if you don't have control of your borders, there is no policy. Oh, it's and an open again, that's our government at fault. And my, my big problem from a security issue is, right, who knows who's coming across those borders via the, either an airplane or coming across the river, the Rio Grande. And we've, our politicians have been asleep at the wheel, Republicans and Democrats, and I think that's one reason Trump has gotten a lot of traction from folks, because he's, he, whether people agree with him or not, he's actually bringing up the issue, which I think a lot of Americans were dying to hear somebody bring up. Go ahead, Ruben. Well, I, I, I think, Dave, uh, in addition to what you just said, there's a lot of politicians that actually believe in open borders. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Clinton has alluded to it and things like that. And I think a lot well, of, I think the Democrats, a lot of it is for two reasons. A lot of it they're thinking about more voters and supposedly the Republicans yeah. want it for cheap labor. But I think it's even more than that. I think it goes back to the debt and Social Security. Pretty mm-hmm. soon they're going to have to come clean about the fact that they have no money to pay Social Security. So if they can suddenly put 10 million uh, illegals on the payroll who are start paying into Social Security but are not taking any of the benefits right now, suddenly they can make believe that they've gotten it solvent again. Right. And then right, they all can pat themselves on the back, and then they figure by the time they get out of Dodge, meaning they retire with their big fat pension out of Washington, that's when people will realize they were hoodwinked again. And that's why right, we... But- uh, People, let me, let me just make a really important point to people. Do, do, do all you guys pay Social Security taxes? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, you're paying the tax. They're taking that money, and instead of putting it towards the Social Security trust fund, the government is borrowing it, right, and using it for other things. Now, eventually that means what? They're going to have to put the money back in, right? Where are they? Right. Who are they going to get that money from? Well, well you, guys, you guys are going to pay it again, meaning you are paying twice. It's the same as going to a restaurant tonight, buying dinner, and a week from now, the owner of the restaurant comes to you and says, I don't have that money anymore. Will you pay me for that dinner you had last week? It's the same thing. And people aren't yeah, but right. noticing that. Hold on one second. Folks, hold on one second, Ruben. I just want to tell everybody um, that – Blog Talk Radio is having some technical difficulties. I'm going to try to get every caller on. I, I do know we have a caller in the queue here, um, and that's why we're getting static in the line. Um, and if you want to ask a question, press 1, and then you'll be in the host queue. And also, um, for the rest of our listeners to, to again, um, check out the website at studentsforabetterfuture.com, the studentsforabetterfuture.com. And hold on, I'm going to try to bring this caller on again. Um, he's one of the ones that were getting static. Yeah, the, oh, sorry, uh, the static is my phone. Is the, um, is the static sorry, that bad? Uh, no, uh, it's one of our guests. It's better. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Oh wait. Okay. okay, sir. Can sir, you can you do me a favor? Um, hang up and call back. 
Yeah, uh, that's what I'm asking. Is the static that bad? Yeah, yeah. it is. All right. I'll, okay, I won't have to hang up. Hold, all you got to do, hold on for 10 seconds, and I'll fix the static, and I'll be on the line in 10 seconds. Okay? Okay, thank you very can much. I, can I say something for 10 seconds while he's on the line? Okay, in, 19, in 1998, I, I, I was a lady on Capitol Hill saying the banks were going to collapse from all these housing loans, and the two big banker families paid off the, uh, the, the well, I think it was the senators or somebody, to pay them off to get rid of her. Uh, don't you remember when she was given that warning this was going to happen? And that warning was 10 years early, and it happened. Does anybody remember that? Well, there were a lot of people talking about Peter Schiff. There were a whole, a whole bunch of people who knew what was going on and said, again, the economics of it were so obvious. But, again, everybody was looking to buy votes. And uh, Bill Clinton in 99 started uh, the Community Reinvestment Act, which was passed during Jimmy Carter's era. But Bill Clinton started using it in 1999 to up home ownership, which ultimately led to this. Again, the bottom mm-hmm. line is people don't have skin in the game. They'll default much easier than when they have to put down real hard cash. Well, whoever this was, right. she, was a main, she was a main player with the Federal Reserve, two bankers, and they didn't like it. Oh, so what they did is they had her removed Sheila from Blair. that position. Huh? I think you're talking about name? Sheila Blair, who was mentioning right. that. Right. And then when this happened, good. one of the families apologized for what happened. The other banker family, they care less if people lost their houses because the interest rates skyrocketed and jobs went. And they knew this was going to happen. Right, okay, and I want to there try to bring no our guests back on. on okay. okay, hold on, Luther. Can you hear Sorry, me? Sorry, you're back on the line? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is the static better? The static is better. Okay. I still get a little echo, but go ahead. All right, everything that's being done is being done for the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve makes out like a bandit, okay? That's how come they can pay the um, uh, Congress something like, on the average, $19 billion a year and still maintain a profit. Because in, if, as, if you know about government accounting, they're not just printing up the money. It's a debt-based economy. So every time the government has a program that, uh, that they use in their, um, in their little circus, in their um, dog and pony show, to show the voters at how good they are, um, then they need to borrow money. But see, the government never really needed to borrow money until 1913. So every program that exists is a matter of bonds being bought by the Chinese, Japanese, and now by the Federal Reserve. So the, the Federal Reserve is nothing more than a crooked money-making operation, which feeds off the politicians and probably has a lot to do with either blackmailing them or bribing them. Don't that go back to President Wilson when this started? Wilson, I've heard that, but I do know that from um, an author, a female author, who studied the Russian archives um, after the Cold War and our archived classified material, she found out that in, F- in FDR's administration, there were more than just one or two or three or four spies um, who were working for Russia, and then more than just a few communist sympathizers. So when you're talking about 1932 till now, and you take a look at the economy as it's, I wouldn't call it progression, I would really call it um, regression. It has to be done by people who don't give two cents about America, period. Well, after the First Depression, don't you think they've been making pep, uh, paper money sense? Well, paper money in and of itself isn't bad. It doesn't even have to be backed by gold, just as long as people believe in it. The thing is, is that if you're going to have a government 
that's going to continually inflate um, the the dollar. And I think one of the callers, or maybe he's the co-host, he says he was in the real estate business. He, um, and in 2007, I'm sure you, um, if you were teaching about um, building finance and um, home finance, you may have been aware that the appraisal of homes, they were going through the roof. That was crooked. That was done partially by HUD, um, kind of, let's call it incentivizing appraisers to come along and raise the value by two or three times of um, of neighborhoods in conjunction with that Community Reinvestment Act. So all of this is planned. Dave, that's you, because you, you were the one. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree pretty much with all he said. Um, they did the community reinvestment. The appraisals were high. What happened was everybody, once it hit the fan, started blaming, pointing fingers at one another. The appraisers were blamed by the realtors. The realtors were blamed by the mortgage bankers. The mortgage, everybody was blamed except Fannie Mae and the government, which basically they were all just fudging figures. And, again, they were giving loans. I saw people getting loans who had Terrible credit, didn't even pay their rent, and they were getting bank loans. And again, they they used the historical number of 1.5% would get foreclosed on. However, that historical number was based on generally 20% down. With people with a solid job history and a good credit. Now you're giving loans to people who are putting 3% or less down. Their job history was spotty, and their credit was not very good. And yet the government was saying that they still expected a historical number of 1.5% foreclosure rate, and it ended up being more than 10%. So there you go. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Ruben. Well, uh, in regards to the Federal Reserve, uh, it's, it's very well documented that the Federal Reserve is one of the many, many uh, central banks, including the, e, uh, the ECB, the European Central Bank, that is controlled by the IBS, the International Bank, Bank International Settlement, which is based in, in, in Basel, Switzerland, which actually controls all the interest rates and everything that happens uh, on a global scale financially. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, um, well, again, the guys who are involved on the inside, they, they are looking to make money. I mean, think, look at it from the Clinton point of view. What, who yes. does she keep castigating? The wealthy, right? And the wage inequality. One of her big issues is wage inequality. Okay, well, her and her husband last year made $25 million. Now, the, uh, the, the lowest paid people at the Clinton Foundation – get paid if they work 40 hours at $15 an hour, making $31,200. So they're not even making one – they're making a little over one-tenth of one percent what the Clintons made. So she's really worried about wage inequality. Why is she not redistributing her wealth amongst the people? Same with Barack Obama, Nancy Pelosi, all of them. Again, that's where Republicans uh, fall down. When they start the wage, uh, the wage inequality and redistribution, the first question you should be asking Warren Buffett is, why are you not redistributing your money if you truly believe this? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's a hypocrisy. Say, 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 okay, why have you not given up your money? It's, it's pure hypocrisy. Absolutely. Well, Again, the Republicans don't point it out. 
But I will say this, Trump, in, I, I've heard you folks talking about Trump. Trump is his own worst enemy because he gets because hung up on silly, silly issues about Miss Universe and things like that. And he should know better because he knows the reporters are going to try to goad him. So every time they do it, he should say, we're not going to talk about that. What I want to talk about is what should be done about the Federal Reserve, about health care, about the immigration situation, about the tax code. And then and he, would, he, he blew golden opportunities because he doesn't stay on message. Well, if you want liberals to vote for Trump, you've got to talk about some jobs here. Not let well, them get you distracted on I mean, all these again, allegations. He, but again, he, right, he allows the media to ask him about some woman who claimed that she was in a beauty pageant of his and he claimed she was chubby. And he'll get into the whole thing and then threatens to sue them. This is sheer stupidity. He doesn't, his ego is way out of control and he's been his own worst enemy throughout this. And the media has helped him along. Because he has he has given them that ability, and it's a shame there, because Hillary Clinton is a very weak candidate. Let's be honest, and yet right, and she's very she, corrupt. She's corrupt and all that, but she's well, a weak candidate. I mean, well, he, to me, the bottom line between these two is simply this: here's a woman who is either so stupid that she put classified information that puts at risk every man, woman, and child in this country at risk. Or she was so devious that she was trying to keep what her and her husband were doing, which is an extortion racket, from becoming public. And she, that's why they used a private email server. Now, she almost got away with nobody finding out about it, but Benghazi happened. And that, if you recall, is when people found out that she was using a private server. And she was almost a couple, she was only ready to, if you remember Benghazi, she had already announced her resignation, and that would have been a, a week or two later, I believe. So again, well, couldn't they charge him under the RICO Act, caught. too? I'm sorry, what? Can't they charge him under the RICO Act what they're doing? I think so. I mean, they're, they're running an extortion racket. Let's say what it is. They're running an extortion exactly. racket. And again, the Republicans should get right out there and say, they're running as an extortion racket. And the media will scream in hell and say, okay, well, let's look at what they did. When they brought in the Russian billionaire or the Canadian billionaire who's buying uranium in America. And then they got a big donation from him. Incidentally, Clinton Foundation, she's always talking about companies being headquartered out of the country. Her son-in-law's hedge fund is headquartered out of the country. You think a Republican would point that out to her? Why is it okay for your son-in-law to be evading American uh, taxes? Taxes. By being yep. out of the country. By the way, why is part of the Clinton Foundation is headquartered in Canada? Because under Canadian law, you do not have to disclose your donors. So they're not stupid. So what they did was they put that portion of it so then they could claim by law they are not required to disclose them, whereas if they were headquartered in the United States, that portion, they would have to report it. And again, Trump's coming off his brain dead and don't point it out. Right. Trump's coming off um, his tracks because he keeps reacting to the allegations and not sticking to the plan of the other's campaign. And every time they hit him with these right. allegations, he's, he's getting distracted. He's allowing it. He shouldn't. He should say, move on. And get right Absolutely. back at it, but Absolutely. he's not doing that. And the Clintons are, and she's sitting there smiling. And if you want to know all everybody wants to watch, she's smiling. Right. He's taking the bait. Absolutely you know? right. Uh, he keeps uh, taking uh, the bait. Right. And I keep thinking, how can this guy keep falling for this? And I, that's his own fault. I, he can't blame anybody but himself for that. And Ruben, I, I, I know I, you wanted to get in. 
Yeah, I, 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 well, all due respect, Dave and Luther, I tend to, I disagree with you on on that, and I'll tell you really? why. Even, even if, if, even if Donald Trump behaved properly and did not say anything, the the liberal left wing media will would be attacking him for other reasons. I well, think the reason. He, he, but if she attacked him like that, then he should talk about she's a rape enabler. He should come right, right back perfect, at her. If exactly. she wants to play dirty, let's play dirty. Let's go for it here. Right. In other words, right. they want to come after us like them, go after them. In other words, let's say George Stephanopoulos was asking him about it. Say, George, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the issues. If you want to talk about sex scandals, I suggest you bring in Bill and Hillary and talk about Paula Jones, Jennifer Flowers, Juanita Broderick. Now, what, now what's Stephanopoulos going to do? He's going to have to shut up. Again, who cares right. what they think? Your job is to win an election, not worry about what the liberals think. And the way you win it is by take, making your message a populist message. He's been somewhat successful at that with certain things like jobs and things like that. But then he hurts himself by constantly going in and getting into things about he's going to sue this one and that one. And yeah, that's crazy. That You're right about that. Right. But he got time to do this going to drop a lawsuit. Okay. Hold on, folks. Folks, I got to I got to cut this because we're out of time. Um, Ruben, do you want to do a closer? Oh yeah. I I basically um I I believe that Donald Trump, even with all his handicaps, all and all his negatives that he may be encountering, encountering, that he will become the next president of the United States, and he will win the president uh, race come November 8th for two reasons. People are waking up, and there's going to be a large percentage of individuals from, from parties like the Democrat Party and, 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 and the Libertarian Party that will vote for him. So I have a lot of faith and confidence that he will win and and Hillary will not be our president come November. Right, right, okay. And and folks, uh, we are out of time. Dave, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, thank welcome you for on our story talk. Um, by the way, our next show is Monday at 9 p.m. It's about the WikiLeaks, and um, Dave, of course, you're welcome to join us again on that. Um, and then, folks, don't forget to go to studentsforbetterfuture.com um, and and make a donation. And that would be awesome. And, folks, another great show. And we are out. Thank you and good night. Hello. Great show. Um